Hello everyone, it's Dr. Sam. I'd like to welcome you to my Eye Clarity Podcast. This is a show that offers cutting edge information on how to improve your vision and overall wellness through holistic methods. I so appreciate you spending part of your day with me. If you have questions, you can send them to hello at drsamburn.com. Now to the latest Eye Clarity episode. Hey folks, it's Dr. Sam and I want to welcome you to another Eye Clarity podcast. We have a very interesting show today. I was interviewed for an upcoming uh, blog by uh, Marsha McCullough and she is very interested in how screen time is affecting our eyes and so she's going to be asking me a lot of questions about Uh, What can you do to protect your eyes from all the screen time? So, everybody, enjoy the show. ...which, if you're not familiar, is a large online retailer of natural products um, owned by Kroger Corporation. Um, And so they put out blogs regularly several several times a week. Um, And so really, in this article, I want to focus on how people can protect their eyes against all the digital eye strain, especially since with people using screens even more with COVID. Um, I think this is especially relevant right now. Um, So I wanted to talk with you just about what people can do to protect their eyes and how these screens are affecting their eyes and so forth. So if you have questions, I'll just dive right into the questions that I have for you. Yeah, please do. Yeah, please, uh, please just fire away, and uh, I'll do my best to to answer. Okay. So first, how would what would you tell consumers as far as how continual screen use affects our eyes, or just all of our digital devices and staring at them so much? Well, it's certainly, you know, since the COVID uh, pandemic. I think that I'm seeing more and more people with complaints, I mean, a variety of complaints, blurred vision, double vision, dry eye, eye redness, neck and shoulder pain. Uh, And the severity depends on, of course, how long you're on your digital device. You know, I just saw a teacher that came to see me uh, and she has been teaching online eight hours a day and um, you know she's just having this accumulated eye stress and her prescription is getting worse uh, and she's very worried about it and the syndrome is actually called the computer vision syndrome and this was coined by the american optometric association and so it's you know it's a growing problem Uh, fatigue people are not getting outside as much. Uh, so there's the EMF pollution, there's the blue blue light issue we can get into. So it, it's definitely taking a toll on our eyes. And um, I've laid out a lot of things that people can do to take better care of themselves. We can get into that. But, you know, you've, you've identified a, a really uh, important trend that I don't think is going to change anytime soon. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so blue light is um, a very chaotic wave frequency. So it's very, it's a very short waveform, and not all blue light is bad for you. But between uh, 400 and 460 nanometers, uh, that segment of blue light um, is is very damaging for the eyes. Um, there was a research study that. The French government put out that discovered or that that they found that um, excessive blue light exposure affected our eye health, our retinal health. It can accelerate things like um, macular degeneration, dry eyes, and this is across the board: phones, tablets, computers, LED light, uh, TV that a blue light exposure at the very least is going to cause an accelerated form of eye strain and eye fatigue. And we also know that blue light, especially if you're exposed to it after 6 p.m., suppresses the melatonin production, which uh, is important in our sleep cycle. So uh, blue light is definitely a very important piece to the puzzle. And that's why I recommend a couple of things. First of all, I think it's important to wear a blue blocker uh, pair of glasses that deflects the highest amount of blue light. You can also get things on your uh, digital devices that also deflect some of the blue light. And then there are some dietary things that you can also do. There's carotenoids like the lutein, zeaxanthin, astaxanthin. These are uh, plant-based. Well, astaxanthin is more of a, a marine-based, but their carotenoids are antioxidants that protect the macula from things like ultraviolet radiation and blue light exposure. So we're back to the more, you know, eating the green leafy vegetables. I actually like the rainbow diet of, um, you know, the fruits and vegetables that are important as antioxidants that um, support eye health and reduce oxidative stress and inflammation. And I believe that blue light is one of those factors coupled with stress, visual stress, that creates a deterioration in your eyesight and vision. Yeah, you know, that's a great question. In the marketplace these days, we've got blue blocking tints, which are yellow and orange, and they're blue blocking filters, which don't create a tint, uh, but they block the, the blue light. So first of all, you're looking for a lens that's going to block in that range. My research found that my patients would come in and they'd say, I have the tint and it makes things too dark. It also creates an imbalance of color getting into the eyes and it dilates the pupil too much, which negates what we're trying to do, because if you have a dilated pupil, then more of the bad light is going to get in. So about five years ago, I invented something called a blue blocking filter. So it doesn't make the tint. There's no tint in the lens, 
But what it does is it blocks the damaging blue light, it reduces the glare, it increases the acuity and clarity, but it doesn't um, create an imbalance of color getting into the eyes and it also keeps your pupil at a normal state. So what I would recommend for people is they look for a blue blocking filter uh, and that's gonna be healthy, healthier for, her, for their eyes. Um, I sell one on my website but uh, they're readily available. So go for the filter over the tint and that would be uh, the best protection. Okay, wonderful. And then just kind of diving into exercises to help the eye combat all the digital eye strain. Are there a few key exercises that you recommend to people? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, on my website, I have a whole section, it's free for, for people, and it's called the Eye Clarity Program. And I have many exercises on there that actually can help either reverse uh, eye problems, or if you wanna be proactive, preventing uh, eye, eye, eye issues. So there are three main ones that I like. One is more of a uh, eye brain body exercise and that's called the Moro reflex. Most people have never heard of it, but the eyes actually originate from the brain. And so when we work with eye exercises, if we can engage the brain with the eyes, that is the most effective way. So in this Moro reflex, it's actually a movement pattern that you're moving with your body, your eyes and your head. And what it actually does is it reduces the stress pattern in your brain. And when we're at a digital screen all day, our sympathetic nervous system is overworking, our adrenals are working harder, we're producing cortisol, uh, can affect our thyroid health. And so this moral reflex exercise is, I call it a stress buster. So if you do it for a minute or so, it rebalances your nervous system so that uh, you're reducing your your stress. Now, not just stress in the eyes, but also in the brain and the body. So the first one is the moral reflex integration. Number two is an exercise that combines um, palming and humming. So this, I discovered this many years ago that when you uh, can put sound into the eye tissue, it actually relaxes all the compressed uh, tissue in and around the eyes. So the way you do this one is you rub your hands together for a few seconds, place the palms over your eyes, uh, your eyes are closed, you take a normal breath in through your nose. When you exhale, you make a humming sound and you keep your mouth closed on the exhale. If you do six or eight of those uh, palm hums, you'll notice immediately when you're done, your eyesight is clear, you're feeling more ref refreshed, you're getting more moisture into your eyes. So it is a game changer very quickly in getting your eyes to uh, discharge the stress that's been accumulated. And then the third exercise that I have on my uh, website is called the animal eye chart. This is an eye stretching exercise. You know, like you stretch any muscle, what it does is it brings more blood flow and it relaxes the muscles. So in this particular stretching exercise, you're stretching each eye uh, one at a time. You're looking at a chart while you're stretching it. 
When you're done with the exercise, you're going to have more visual flexibility, more relaxation. Uh, there's going to be a rejuvenation in your eye focusing. And so if you take a few minutes throughout the day and do these exercises, you're going to be able to recharge your eyes and replenish, regenerate uh, the, the debilitating effects that the screen time has by interrupting your workday by doing these eye exercises. And they, they work really, really well. And so how is someone sitting at a computer, let's say eight hours a day, well, I would say once every two hours would be, um, you know, a great program. And then the second thing that I would add here is something called the 20-20-20 rule. And this one you do every 20 minutes. Every 20 minutes you look up and out at 20 feet and you do that 20 seconds. So when you release your focus at, you know, the screen, and you look at 20 feet, you immediately release the muscles into a more relaxed state. And if you do that every 20 minutes, you just need to do it for 20 seconds. It again breaks that repetitive eye movement pattern that we get into. You know, you've probably done this, I know I have, where you get so engaged in what you're doing that two or three hours go by and you're still staring at the screen. So you put a little timer on and every 20 minutes you just take a break, you look up and out. And um, that's another really easy way to uh, just break the cycle of the eye stress that starts to accumulate uh, when you do a lot of screen time. Okay. And all of these exercises you discussed, are those also all appropriate for children? You know, um, I just did a blog, um, it was a three-part blog on children taking care of their vision through the, you know, with all the online uh, schooling that we're doing. And um, in this, in this uh, blog, I talk about uh, these exercises are the best ones for kids. Uh, so absolutely. A couple other things about kids, just briefly. You know, there are glasses that kids can wear. I call them stress-relieving lenses. And if you go to a holistic eye doctor, he or she can calculate what is the best lens for up close. Now, this is very different than a regular eye exam where you're looking at a chart at 20 feet and you get a lens that corrects the blur for 20 feet. This particular lens is calculated based on a child's focusing response. And once you figure that out and you give them that lens, it's a very low magnification lens. You put the blue blocker in there. It actually can help reduce uh, myopia and astigmatism. It helps prevent those things because it, it relaxes your eyes. It gives you more peripheral vision. So if you're a parent and you're concerned that your child is starting to lose their distance vision, I would seek out a holistic eye doctor who can do this kind of a test because this stress relieving lens actually can be proactive at reducing the deterioration that's going to occur if you're in this, you know, near focusing hour after hour, day after day. You go into what we call visual confinement and this induces myopia or nearsightedness because your muscles get locked in up close 
And then when you go get a distance prescription, that's just treating a symptom. This approach is actually being proactive. It treats the cause and it prevents myopia from uh, occurring. Absolutely. Now, the tricky part is that for adults, if they're wearing a distance prescription already, what they can do is they can talk to their eye doctor about getting some type of a reduced prescription or a second prescription that would be calculated based on the computer or tablet or whatever. Uh, now, if it's, a, if it's an adult who doesn't wear a distance prescription, then the calculation becomes a little easier and this stress relieving lens would be appropriate. The one thing for adults to stay away from is using bifocals or invisible bifocals for your screen time. And the reason is, is because progressive lenses, they, they, um, they create three different levels of trying to see through one lens three different layers. And so what's happening is you're reducing your peripheral vision and you're focusing through a hole to have to see the screen. And there's a principle that I teach from, which is the wider the field, the bigger the lens that you look through. In other words, when it's one lens, the more relaxed your eyes are. So the point is, is that if anybody adult out there is using progressive lenses for their screen time, get a single vision lens for your screen time, and that will completely open up your vision, relax your eyes, and um, it's a much better optical system than trying to do something with a bifocal or a, you know, invisible bifocal. Okay, wonderful point. And then this whole idea of relaxing the eye, um, I assume that all the exercises you talked about all help relax the eye, correct? That is correct, yes. All of these exercises help the, the muscles relax. And you know, we have to bring in the mind and the brain and the body in this as well. But the whole idea is we wanna bring another part of the nervous system in that's about relaxation. Because when we're on screens, we're in the doing mode. We are do, 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 and our muscles tighten up, compress, our breathing gets shallow. And then, as I said, our adrenals are overworking, our eyes dry out. Um, so these exercises are meant to bring more relaxation to us, and it'll help us uh, sustain our ability to stay on the screen without all the symptoms that occur at the end of the day. You see, the thing is, is that when our eyes have oxygenation, hydration, uh, we reduce oxidative stress, inflammation, and we're preventing eye disease. Many eye diseases uh, and eye deterioration occur because there's lower oxygenation in the eye tissue, less blood flow, so free radicals start accumulating, and this leads to inflammation and ultimately uh, eye disease, and then you're in big trouble. Okay. And you mentioned that our breathing gets shallower when we're so focused. Is there special breathing techniques that we should be doing while doing the eye exercises? Well, you know what's interesting? When you do the palm and the hum, and you hum on the exhale, automatically your breathing is going to get longer, slower, and deeper. So it's a very cool way indirectly to improve your breathing pattern 
by making this humming sound on the exhale. I mean, there are more, uh, you know, there are other breathing practices that you can do. I mean, it kind of depends on how much time you have. I mean, there's things like pranayama breathing and different kinds of yoga breathing. It depends on what you're interested in. You know, qigong exercises also can be beneficial that uh, address the breathing as well. Uh, I would say anybody that's, you know, working on screen time, you must pay more attention to your breathing pattern because what I've noticed is we have a much shallower inhale and exhale the longer we're on the, the screen. So we need to develop a breathing practice that helps oxygenate our brain, body, uh, bloodstream, eyes. So I would say, yes, uh, you know, there's many ways to improve your breathing. And I think it's an important aspect. You know, there's another point here that another way to oxygenate is to use aromatherapy. And you can use diffusers where you're diffusing some, some essential oils in your workspace. And in certain cases, you can use uh, aromatherapy on your body, you know, like things like eucalyptus or tea tree. These are highly oxygenating. And if they're high quality, uh, they're not adulterated. Um, essential oils is another very cool um, tool that helps us oxygenate um, our eyes, brain, and body. And uh, if people are attracted to that, they can use, use that technique as well. Okay, that's fascinating. So are there certain oils you would diffuse? Would you diffuse the eucalyptus and tea tree oil that you mentioned or something else? Well, I might do kind of a more calming uh, essential oil like lavender or, um, you know, you could do say something like um, bay laurel or laurel leaf. So in other words, find an essential oil where you find the aroma pleasing. And, uh, you know, we know that lavender universally can help bring more peace and calming and less anxiety. And that's one that people, if they're not used to aromatherapy, lavender is one that, you know, oh, I, I know this one, it's familiar. Um, so th those would be, you know, just the short list um, and just find something that, you know, feels good to you and you, you like the smell and then you're good to go, especially in the diffusing part of it. Because that you can if you're in a you know workspace, you can run that and uh, it does bring your heart rate down and it improves your breathing. And uh, so that's a really easy technique for support. Okay, wonderful. And are there any other tips you would like to offer as far as helping people relieve digital eye strain that we haven't already talked about? Well, I would be remiss to speak at least for a moment about uh, eye drops. Now, not all eye drops are uh, created equally. In fact, uh, most eye drops that are in the pharmacy with all the preservatives in them and the fact that they actually dry your eyes out even more and then there's the pharmaceutical drops which may help for symptoms but there's other side effects you're looking for a natural eye drop now one that i use that i have um, developed is called msm and this is a sulfur based eye drop 
Sulfur is the third leading trace mineral found in the body. Sulfur helps us with inflammation, detoxification, it's moisturizing. So I've been able to put it into an eye drop and people love it for uh, all their digital time. You can get two percentages. I've made a 5% and a 15% MSM. So that's one idea. Another idea would be to do homeopathic eye drops. So uh, probably the two famous companies are Optique and Similiacin. The key is, is that when you're using these natural eye drops, wash your hands. And there's two techniques that I recommend. One is called the eye bath where, and it's better to do this where you're lying horizontally, your eyes are closed, you take the, the bottle and you run the drops along the eyelashes, your eyes are closed a few times, and then you immediately open your eyes. You're gonna get six to eight drops immediately into your eyes. The second approach is eye massage, where you put a drop in the corner of each eyes with the eyes closed, and then you take your fingers and you lightly massage your eyelids and eyelashes. You see, the eyelids and the eyelashes are a major lymph of the eye, and it's a place where inflammation really um, is increased, especially from all the screen time, so it affects our ability to produce tears. So these techniques, using the natural eye drops, and you want to use them four to six to eight times a day. I mean, you really need to keep them by your screen and put them in every hour or two. These are therapeutic. Uh, they'll support, hydrate, and moisturize your eyes. Two more points. It's important that you get enough healthy fats and oils into your diet. There have been studies that correlate dry eye with low fats and oils, so making sure you're getting those in your diet. And then for some people, this works really well. You can use a castor oil uh, eye drop and massage it on the eyelids before bed. And this particular technique is very hydrating and moisturizing uh, at bedtime. And it can keep your eyes from getting dry because they get mostly the most dry, dry um, during sleep. Uh, so that's another technique as well. There are also herbal compresses you can use, uh, you know, red raspberry leaf tea or Eyebrite, Golden Seal. Uh, these herbal remedies uses, used as compresses can also be very soothing for the eyes and the eyelids. So think plant-based, think natural, think try to do preservative free, and this will support your eyes to be hydrated and moisturized uh, during the day and the evening. There is a company in, um, in Boulder, Colorado, it's an Ayurveda company, if you Google it, uh, it's a hexane-free organic uh, castor oil eye drop. So there's no chemicals in it, it's organic. That would be the best one to get. Uh, certainly you could use an organic castor oil, and the key is you don't need to put it in your eye. You just take a, a drop on your finger and you're massaging it lightly on the eyelids. So either one of those sources would, would work well for people. Okay. And you also mentioned healthy fats. Now, I believe I've read that um, GLA, the fatty acid, helps with dry eyes. I don't know if that's something that you've found in your experience. 
Yeah, so definitely, um, you know, the omega-3, you've got the DHA and the EPA part of it. You know, I recommend people take anywhere between, oh, maybe 1,000 to 2,000 milligrams a day of the omega-3. You know, our body doesn't produce that. Um, so, you know, and it's tricky because we've got vegans out there and, and the vegetarians. So where are they going to get their omega-3? There's algae-based uh, fats and oils. There's, of course, the flax, avocado oil. You know, there's, there's different sources but getting that balance of omega-3, omega-6, and omega-9, people tend to load up on the omega-6, which can create more inflammation. Um, but other sources of omega-3 would be things like chia seeds or walnuts. So using organic, uh, sprouted uh, nuts and seeds work really well. Like a chia pudding in the morning is a, is a very high omega-3 source. Uh, as an example. Uh, so, you know, it kind of depends on where you are on the scale of whether you're vegan, vegetarian, or you eat animal products, and then looking for the best source omega-3 with the lowest or the least amount of uh, heavy metal toxicity, because that's another issue that we have to deal with with the fats and oils. Uh, but that's kind of a broad brush of what people can look for um, around, you know, avocados are a fantastic uh, fat and also it has lutein in it, which is an important carotenoid for the macula. So looking for those kinds of things um, is the way to go. You know, I wrote a book a few years ago called Taking It In. You can get it on my website. And I talk about what are the best foods for the eyes. There's foods and then there's also herbs, you know, things like cilantro and basil and cinnamon. And uh, so I go into all of those things as well. You know, asparagus has a high amount of glutathione. And glutathione is a very important master antioxidant in our body. Studies have shown that low levels of glutathione may increase the risk of developing cataracts. As an example, glutathione, a lot of people are deficient in glutathione. So that's another thing that people should take a look at. And many foods contain glutathione, the sulfur-based foods, the cruciferous vegetables, um, and of course, asparagus is one of my favorites. So I think that, uh, you know, again, staying more in the plant-based area, rainbow diet, the berries, fruits, and then the vegetables, uh, adding your fats and oils, this is a great, a great start in terms of cleaning up your your digestive system and that's going to have a big impact on your eye health so that's a wrap ladies and gentlemen i want to thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast and um, yeah if you need any more information you know how to reach me and until next time take good care thank you for listening I hope you learned something from the iClarity podcast show today. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and leave a review. See you here next time.